Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I got one for you. <laughs> Tom's already cringing. What is the most cringy piece of dirty talk? That you have ever heard. Our producer's just like squeezing <laughs> up into himself. What is the most cringy bit of dirty talk you've heard? It can either have something been said that's said to you or oh, something that you've heard. Uh, what, uh, what springs to mind is something like, uh, like uh, I want to be fucked so hard that I, I can't walk afterwards. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want to put you in a wheelchair. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to ruin your, your, what the hell's that? How's that productive? Oh, God. You really don't want to be able to walk to the bathroom after we're done? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. How's that? <laughs> How's that? I mean, that's that's cringy. If someone said that to me, I would probably just on. be like, hey, hey, hey. None of that. Do you have a, a, an example? Look, I've got ones that I've heard from other people, but the one, and I can't explain to you, like I told other people and they were like, that's not that bad. But the one thing that somebody has said to me, and I just, I'm still like just shriveling hearing it, is he leaned in really close to me at dinner before we were going to, just as about we were about to go home, yeah, and he said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Oh, come on. He said, Such a tease. He said, I can smell your sex. <laughs> I know. And then I'm sitting here, my anxiety's just gone, I smell? What do you mean I smell? Do you mean you can actually smell? What's happening? Sniff and then out, I boy. was just Sniff the it whole... Sniff it out. Go get just it. don't say that you can smell anything. I just... Mm. Oh my god! I and I and when sex. I was thinking up this cold open, <laughs> I immediately thought of that phrase, and I just wanted to die. Like no, I, even weird. now, and this is probably <laughs> about seven years later. Oh, six. But yeah, <laughs> I can. And 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 your, your the use of the word your, your sex, sex as a as a noun. I'm not into it and and never tell a girl that you can smell anything because that is a way to set herself up mm. for anxiety about you smell that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's that's romance time oh, welcome to ghosts of boyfriends past i'm sorry i had to do that to you Tom. Un- no <laughs> our apolog- guest is like dry retching <laughs> in the corner right now <laughs> everyone at home listening uncurl your toes and your fingers Deep breaths, everybody. We made it through that uncomfortable waters. Oh, Hello, I'm Tom Harrison. It's Elizabeth Best here. As always, we're oh. here to talk. Well, Ooh. hopefully not gross, dirty talk. I wanted to get that out of my system. Yes, and just we're done with that. Shake it out, shake everybody. It shake it out. Okay, we have a returning guest yes, this week. A very popular guest. We've been wanting to get her back for a little while, but she's busy, very busy. Busy AF, my friend. AF. <laughs> Our guest this week is Jess Kate Ryan, performer extraordinaire, yes. diva, gorgeous human, Hello, with my very pink hair that I am loving so much right now Jess it's quite a mood I have to say it is so bizarre doing this in a studio but it's very professional so cool ladies and gents this is the first time we're in our new studio instead of the pod loft normally there's kitty cats running around I know that's the one thing I can't yeah but this has got professional boom mics and like soundproofing and listen to our voices listen to them (laughs) Jessica crisp we sound (laughs) Yeah, it is quite nice. Well, welcome yeah. back, Jess. Thanks um, so much. Thank you for having me. Yet, a, yet, a, yet another story to drag out of oh. the, uh, the old bag, I, I oh. understand. What was it last time you guys said? The hurricane warning? The <laughs> yes, right that's episode? right. Sound it's the alarm, everyone. 
Now, I do need to say, Jess's first story was full of drama, but yes. it was slightly... This time we brought her on to tell this particular story because we think that, well, I thought, didn't consult Tom at all, <laughs> that it might be helpful for other people who may be listening because I've heard this story and I... You know, I think it's it's important to normalise the types of stuff we're going to chat about today. Yeah, definitely. Correct. Um, do you want to do your warning? and then, Look, yeah. Jess knows the rules. <laughs> but just for anybody out there who's thinking about coming on and the rules might sway you. You never know, know, Liz. This could be someone's first time listening. This if could be someone's first episode if listening. If this is your first episode, welcome. Oh You're going to love us. You chose it. You're you, going to you, spend every Thursday with us for the rest of your life. So sit down, get comfortable. <laughs> um, here are the rules. Uh, you have to have an alien. For mm-hmm. whoever you're talking about. So, what name have we gone with? Simon. Fuck it, Simon. Simon. All right. Okay. No threats. No. Yes. On mic. No <laughs> threats on mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Tom, do you want to give your Columbo warning? Yes. Columbo is at home listening along, playing along. Uh, who know Jess or the people, uh, p- personal people she ends up talking about. Uh, don't ruin it. Uh, don't give it away. Don't um, no spoilers, please. We no. want everyone to it's be. Our, it's our don't be a dick rule because like people coming on here, it's it's quite difficult and vulnerable to tell their stories, and and we just want to make sure that nobody else gets hurt in the process because we're all about helping people through comedy and horrible, horrible, horrible dating stories. Yes, yes. In- <laughs> indeed. Uh, well, that's that's uh, that's rules covered. Great. That's all the um, admin done. Um, so. Yeah, the last story that I told was very dramatic, but also was quite funny. Um, This story, I just want to say there are some triggers. Um, If you are triggered by um, verbal or emotional abuse Mm -hmm. or um, eating disorders or anything like that, like feel free to, you know, still leave a review for Liz and Tom. But, yeah, it might not be the episode for you. Yes, we understand if you want to come back next week. And yeah. we'll be popping it in the show notes as well yeah. so that it pops um, up in our I'll, summary. Um give Liz and Tom some resources that helped me Perfect. in Great. my uh, journey in getting over this. And also I just want to say um, there's not just two sides to a story. Like there's 10 or 12 or 7 or whatever and like this is mine. So if you are listening and you do know who I'm talking about, um, yeah. I also want to preface that like I loved this person more than I ever thought possible Um, and I don't know if I could ever love somebody like that again. That's how I feel at the moment. So, yeah. Okay. I'll just quickly jump in, Jess, and sort of reassure you and say uh, it's still your story. Yeah. Uh, You're you're entitled to tell it uh, how you see it uh, fit, how you feel that it happened, how you feel that you were affected by it. Yeah. and it's also up to you to you know don't lie or embellish. So yeah. you're you're allowed to tell your story. That's yeah. a um, that's a thing that happens here. Okay, so we're going to throw right back to 2012. I was 18. I was just about to start uni, and I was working as an assistant on a show. And I met this man called Simon, and I thought he was the bee's knees from the second I saw him. I thought he was adorable. I thought he was so handsome. He was endearing and weird and quirky. And to this day, I still think he's an incredible artist. He has incredible talent. Um, He knows it. Most people do. And I would never, ever take that away from him. Um, I crushed so hard on him. I was very young and he was uh, six or seven years older than me. He was in a relationship. Um, were you, were you um, obvious with your uh, Oh, I'm the, the I'm the most obvious person, <laughs> yes. I think, in the world. So. Poker face does not exist in Jess Land. <laughs> no. If she's a smitten kitten, you will and see I it was... coming out of every pore <laughs> of yeah. her face, arms, hands, legs, everything. Yeah. Um, so he was in a relationship at the time. So obviously I, and I was very shy and not very forward. Um, so I, I hung back. Um, and then I, but I just thought he was just so cute. So I added him on Facebook and I would see like the random weird stuff that he would post. And, 
um, then through uni, he would work on our productions. And I found out in the middle of my second year that he was single. So I decided that I was going to ask him out and I'd plucked the courage up and I, you know, it's a big deal. Ask anybody asking anybody out, like to actually put yourself out there. That shit is hard. I still, like in my 30s, have no, like... I'm so awkward when it comes to actually asking people out. I'm really good at giving people advice on how to yeah. do it. But if I have to do it myself, turn no, into no. jelly. No. And I, um, for context, like I had never dated anybody before. I'd been a serial crusher, but I'd never, I'd never gotten the courage up to ask anybody out. And I literally was drafting a message to ask him if he wanted to go out. And I found out that he was dating an old singing teacher of mine. Oh, no. And I was so upset. And um, then a couple of months later, I found out that they had broken up. So I was like, okay, this is the time. Seize the moment. Do the things. And he posted about um, needing a, a date to an opening night. And I was like, I'd love to go with you. And we went and I showed up at this thing and every, like, I remember showing up and all, like, this was professional level, like, opening night Mm. and people were like, who is this girl? Like, what is she doing with Simon? And people coming up and asking me, being like, oh, so are you, are you with Simon? And I was like, no, oh my God, I wish, but no. Um, And we were also working on a show together at my uni and we were seeing each other a lot. We were in proximity. We'd exchanged numbers at this point and he had invited me to a housewarming party. And I thought, oh, it's probably just like a general invite. But mm. then he specifically messaged me being like, I'm having this party and I really would like you to come. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay. I had another party to go to beforehand. So I got a little bit tipsy and I showed up and I remember I was in the room with a couple of friends and some other people that I knew and all of a sudden Simon, I almost said his real name, <laughs> grabbed my hand and held onto it and didn't let go. Ooh. What like and a like a handhold like actually couple handholdy. Oh. And I was That's cute. beside myself. Also we'll preface at this point, um I was 21. I was a virgin and very inexperienced and yeah so that night um he was holding my hand I got I got introduced to some more of his friends and to his housemates and stuff like that and then the party was sort of winding down so I was like oh you know maybe I should go and he was like you don't have to and he invited me to stay and you know things started happening but I was like I'm you know a virgin can we please take this slow and uh so we went to sleep and I didn't sleep because I was like oh my god I am oh my god I I can still like remember the room so vividly and he um he loved this Akoya scent the French pear so Mm. I whenever I smell that like it it goes back to that night those sense memories are so yeah it's so strong yeah look axe body spray (laughs) 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 anything like that no takes Um, me straight back to being 16 and actually (laughs) giving a shit about love (laughs) and um the next morning we woke up and things started happening again and we actually had sex and I was it wasn't it didn't really happen like how I thought it would happen when I I mean it happened with somebody that I really liked so that I was fine with like I felt like I I hadn't been waiting to have sex it was just you know I always used to say that no one had asked it had it hadn't come up yet yeah Ugh. and <laughs> it was so weird we'd had sex and fuck it hurt oh my god I can't even like I know when people say it doesn't hurt that bad but Jesus Sometimes Christ it really it fucking does really fucking hurt yep. it hurts the first well for the first few times for a lot of people and his housemates were up already um cleaning the house after the party so i got up and helped and after i lost my virginity i did dishes oh yay how <laughs> romantic oh. um and then he dropped me home and we um were sort of texting a little bit and then um we were working on this show together And um, I remember him driving me home after rehearsal. This was like two days after. And we were in the car and we were smooching and we had decided that we were going to start dating, but we were just going to keep it to ourselves Um, just because we were working together and we wanted to make sure that we were still acting professionally at work. And I I was a big... um, 
like I, I really just wanted it to be special and just be mine for that moment. Mm. So the next day we were meant to meet up and have dinner before we went to um, rehearsal and I show up and... Oh, and we're Don't worry me, just knocking Taxi. shit off things. Um, I show up and I see his face and I could just immediately recognise that something was different and I walked over to him and he was really weird and we were walking away to go and get dinner and he was like, I need to tell you something. Um, I think you're too young and that we have, no- we have nothing in common and I don't remember what happened after that because it was like I was underwater. I mean, it, it was just, I couldn't believe it, like three days after losing my virginity to somebody and then uh, for him to turn around and just... It didn't happen to me, but caring uh, caring about you as I do, Jess, I can feel that crushing, that emptying of your stomach, yeah. that, but also it's a weightlessness, but also a weight as well yeah. arrives I'm, in your heart and I'm your throat. I'm just sitting here being furious old me, just yes. being like, oh, too young now, not too young when I fell into yeah, your fucking vagina. Four, four days ago. <laughs> Fuck you, Simon. The the awful thing was is that we actually had to keep working together for a following month. Um, So I had at that point recently lost some weight because of an appendix surgery um, and I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I had to see him all the time. I was a, a shell of a person, a different when I was on stage because I was playing my dream role in my dream show. Hmm. And having to, you know, carry on as if nothing had happened. Um, and it got to the opening week of the show and we just sort of, he was definitely avoiding me. He'd started texting me a little bit, but I wasn't too sure if he was texting just to like make sure that I wasn't going to do anything or mm. if he was wanting to be my friend or what else. So the show opened and I I, I have to say, I did a really good job. And <laughs> with everything that was going on, I, I feel like... I fucking nailed it. Look, I didn't see the show, but I heard amazing. <laughs> I, I, uh, Liz and I both worked with Jessica before, and I and uh, I've seen her, and, less. and I expect it. Yeah, so as you were. Um. So the closing night, obviously, at this point, I was so heartbroken because you know I had to see this person all the time and try and get through this, and we were having this um, closing night party. And my friend came up to me. She was like, Jess, are you coming to the after party? And I said, yeah, I, I guess. And then she went up to and then she said, oh, sorry, Simon. We can bleep that, producer. Bleep, bleep that sorry. out. <laughs> so sorry. Um, she went up to Simon and said, are you coming to the after party? And he said, yes. And she was like, great, well, you're going to take Jess. So he drove me and we got to the party and I was pretty drunk at that point and I was really upset. And as soon I as we... I feel so uncomfortable to get into that car. Oh, after... there was another person in there as okay, well. Okay, good. Thank mm. God. Because um, the two of you in a car, like, yeah, no, no, you're no, sitting no. there going, thanks, friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and got to the party and then as soon as we arrived my friend who had you know basically gotten this all together dragged Simon into another room and I was freaking out because I didn't know what was going on I was like maybe she's kissing him like oh my god and basically what had happened in that conversation when I heard afterwards was basically she said you either need to let Jess go or you need to tell her that you want to be with her because you can't keep doing this to her like she is just an absolute shell of a person. Rightfully so. Yeah. So he ended up coming up to me and being like, Jess, I think we need to talk. And I said, give it another 30 years and maybe, maybe I'll consider speaking to you again. <laughs> because Jess is not dramatic. No, at not all. at all. No, not, not at, at all. all. Not at all. Um, very stoic. And <laughs> um, I was like, I just want to go home. Please leave me alone. And he was like, okay, I'll drive you. And I was like, no, like, why? Like, you you had sex with me, which you thought was fine at that moment. And now, no, like, nothing? Like, what? Like, what the fuck? And um, basically he told me that his roommates at the time were trying to set him up with their friend and they didn't like me very much, even though I didn't know them at all, um, and basically convinced Simon to break up with me. And we were sitting at this party and I was listening to him tell me all of this stuff and I was besotted with him. And you could have told me he'd murdered a bunch of cats and I probably still would have been like, he's still a really nice guy. He probably did. Um, He probably did and you just didn't know about it. So basically from that night, we decided that we were going to be together and it got very serious 
this very quickly. We were about three weeks in. We were spending a lot of time together and he told me that he loved me. And alarm bells sort of went up for me in that how, moment. How and long had that been before he said, before he went, you're too young for me. Oh, no, wait, I love you. Three weeks. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally um, normal. Nothing to see here, he guys. He did some soul searching, so, Liz. We've talked about soul searching. As we all know, soul searching <laughs> takes 20 seconds. That's so. Right. Um, can I also say, if you are a woman living with a man who is dating a girl, please be nice to that girl. If she is young and innocent and has, you know, basically um, Simon's roommates would turn the Be nice hot- to your housemates' girlfriends, yeah. especially if they're young and naive. Basically, they turned off the hot water on me while I was having showers. Like, we're That's sending. Not good. Their- Look, I feel like this that. just comes under the don't be a dick rule that we yeah. have. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just if you're a human living with another human, be nice to other humans. <laughs> and the girl that they had tried to set Simon up with was all of a sudden at the house all, all the, the time. time. Gross. Yeah. And basically, they gave Simon an ultimatum. They said either it's Jess or us. And he picked me, so he moved out and got his own place. Um, And so what followed was six of the happiest months of my life. I, at that point, was 21, was still living at home, and all of a sudden I had a boyfriend, someone who told me that he loved me, someone that, you know, would text me. With his own own place as well. Yeah. It was like having our own home really quickly we got a fish we would go to opening nights together and we would just like each other's person and people would say like we were so suited to each other we were so perfect for one another and then what happened following this person like Simon as a person I can't really say because like my opinion is probably pretty biased but he's very um because I know you guys have talked about this in your previous episodes about, you know, the first, like, it's very indicative if someone, like, after the three months to see how they're behaving is actually how they're going to behave for the rest of the time. Yes. Um, I became very, um, because Simon, as a person, didn't have a lot of friends, so we sort of just spent all of our time together. I lost a lot of friendships because... I couldn't maintain them because I was with this person all the time. Mm. Um, We got a cat together. We went overseas. Our overseas trip was probably one of the best times I've ever had. We went to Disneyland. We went to New York. We saw so many Broadway shows. And I just felt so lucky because I, I felt like I had found my person because, you know, he liked listening to musicals. He liked going to the theater. He didn't really like sport. He was very, um, like, open to different styles and stuff like that. So we really got, like, fell into, um, like, the mid-century sort of love. Um, He was very – he's got a very addictive personality. So if he he would get really fixated on things. Um, As this was all sort of going on, like, when we'd gone overseas and, like, the months leading up, he would just, like, very casually – so that like I wouldn't immediately pick up on it he would talk about my weight a lot um he used to call me piggy and fuck off I'm sorry what yeah it's yeah it's not good and he used to say hit the button dump them that button that is an absolute dump them moment (laughs) fuck I've never heard that before it's new do you love it it's a new toy we have Um, yeah, he used to call me Piggy, which he would say was an endearing term, no, but fuck I off. didn't think it was. So, yeah, he, it's not up to him to decide if it's exactly. endearing, yeah. I don't think, in that one. Yeah. Um, and he used to say things, he used to come up behind me and like grab what wasn't really a stomach and be like, just think how pretty you would look if you, oh, no, if you lost your weight. I'm so, no, I'm apoplectic that's, with rage right now on your behalf, that's Jess. Just not I on. am fucking furious. Um, when a big moment, I think there was a lot of problems that stemmed from him thinking that I was too young and too naive because I would, you know, ask for him to not say those things and he would accuse me of wanting to change him. Um, But wanting to change you is fine. Wanting you to do something for him is fine, but... 
I remember Simon. we um we got home from overseas and he'd been really sick for a while and I was like I really think you need to go to the doctor and we were in the car on the way home and I was just I I I don't really like the person that I became in this relationship and I hope anybody that met me during it forgives me because I wasn't <laughs> a very nice person um but we were in the car and I said that I really thought that he needed to go to the doctor and he would just lash out sometimes and he he hit me in the leg so hard that I I bruised and I just couldn't believe it and I would be fibbing if I said that I never lashed out physically as well because I just would get so frustrated and everything um what he also really loved to do was um put other women up against me as competition and that's why I was you know so unlikable as a person because I was made to feel like every other girl that was prettier than me or or thinner than me was competition of course it's nat- it's naturally gonna happen it's unfair he would just bring up other girls that he knew would make me feel uncomfortable and I won't share their names but you know he would be like oh Sarah's looking really pretty at the moment um oh wow Jennifer's like looking really really fit and toned and stuff and like that just would happen in social interactions and I was meant to be you know totally fine about it. I would it. just turn around and go oh wow Matt looks like he has a really big dick today. Yeah that's wow, right. Wow amazing. I was going to bring this up before with the uh, the uh, the in inverted commas endearing nicknames. When men when men have this stuff turned back on 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 them, we are we're so weak and fragile with it. We're so in, incapable of doing it ourselves. Uh, it's so hypocritical of us to to say, "Oh, come here, little piggy." If you did it back to us, "Oh, come here, flabby." Uh, the rage, come here, flabby. The rage. We fall apart. We yeah. are we are weak. We are insecure. So that's where it's all coming from. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, um, um, he had a lot of his family had a lot of problems about weight um his mother god bless her is very unwell and one of the side effects of the medication that she needed to be on um would like weight loss weight gain would occur Hmm. and they couldn't figure out why she wasn't taking her medication it's because every time that she would they would bring up her weight and so this like was such a trickle down effect onto simon um and yeah i i lost a lot of weight so from when we first got together to about the start of 2016 i think i had lost about 16 17 kilos Mm. um and like i looked within normal range but i wasn't eating and i um was sick all the time because I, I I felt so run down and so tired and I was walking around with this constant nausea and he used to get really cross at me because I felt sick all the time but it was because I, I couldn't eat or because I didn't want to eat. Um, the one like saving grace that we had was we adopted this cat and she was, oh my God, like we got her from when she was, you know, three months old. She was so tiny and she like, she was the absolute love of my life. And we moved house um, a couple of times and we'd moved into this brand new apartment in Tawong and it was so beautiful. And Simon had like a real um, love of furniture. So he had decked it out. And the thing was like, he had money. I didn't because Mm. I, at that point, had really neglected my acting career in order to, because I felt like I needed to be like a contributor to the household. So I stopped performing, which is so upsetting. Because I've dedicated my entire life to doing this and I'm quite good at it sometimes. So I, you know, and I wasn't doing what I loved and I was working in retail full time and I just felt so frustrated all the time. But our house was beautiful. We had this amazing life and people would come over and just remark about it. Ooh and ah over the nice things yeah. and the nice, the nice place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our, our cat died and that was when a lot of the cracks started to show. And I remember... Um, driving home one day and he basically told me that he wanted to break up with me and I just I couldn't handle it like I cracked I got out of the car I we were in the middle of nowhere and I somehow managed to get a bus home and I was just distraught like 
we were at a friend's wedding and, you know, I thought I was, I was so in love with him. I was so, del- I was so like, I would have done anything. Well, to- you'd also framed your entire life around him at this point. So you'd lost a lot of the things that you did mm. independently of the relationship. Yeah. So it would have felt like the entire foundation of your of life me was, was crumbling. Just gone. And we were at a friend's wedding and um, I asked him to marry me. And he like completely brushed it off as a joke. I'm sorry, this is so like it's don't just, apologize. This is so disjointed. It's, it's um it's hard to remember a linear flow of events when you're talking about distress. Mm. Like um uh a few uh a few weeks after he had asked to break up with me, we'd gotten back together, and he was working on the Sunshine Coast, and basically he told me that he was really attracted to this girl that was working on the show. And I was like, okay, thank you for telling me. I'm glad we can communicate about this. And then we had like a Christmas event, like a Christmas party of sorts. And he invited her and had a full on go at me because I was apparently really rude to her. But I'm pretty sure I was really rude to her because I couldn't believe that he had invited her. Yes. Sounds like you're well well within your right to. Have been in this situation before. And I also would have come off as really yes. fucking rude. And, you know, like it's it's just – it's a horrible situation to be in because somebody has put you basically in front of your competition and you feel like you have to go into fight or flight or freeze mode. Yeah. I froze. Like I, I just couldn't – it's awful, yeah. Jess. I'm so sorry that you had to be put in that <laughs> shitty position. The thing is, like, I was a big champion of his. And to be honest, like, I still am about his work. I think he's a great artist. Um, And he was getting taken advantage of by a company. And I encouraged him to sort of stick up for himself when he was treated like absolute garbage. And these people who are way more important in my industry than I am, who were also at one point my bosses as well, were so horrible to me. It was just the most mortifying time. And we'd lost our cat and we'd moved house and things were sort of starting to feel normal again. And we we weren't arguing. We were in what I thought was a really good place. Um, he just, he had a lot of issues with me doing shows um, because that would mean that I wasn't, like I would miss opening nights of his work or I would miss awards nights of his. And it was always a really big issue. And he would constantly say that I wasn't very good. I wasn't a very good actor. I wasn't very pretty. I wasn't as strong a singer as the people that I went to uni with. So my confidence in my abilities was completely diminished. And I, where I met Tom, and I'd already known Liz, but, and we hadn't worked together at this at, at that time. We were doing mm-hmm. a show called Cluedo, and I'd gotten a really great role. Um, I was still battling the nausea um, really terribly. I dyed my hair. Things were just sort of different. Like I could feel within myself, like the pace was just sort of changing. And also, I was getting to twenty five. Like this, these are formative years that I was with this man. Twenty, mm. twenty one to twenty five. Like you go through a lot of emotional changes and becoming an adult and you know sort of realizing like who you are and what you're like and what you like and what you don't like and what you want and I was working on this show and we opened and you know he was unsupportive sometimes then would be really supportive and I just it was so yo-yo that I just didn't know whether I was coming or going most of the time but I was so in love with him and I would have done anything I mean I did everything that I felt like I could in order to make him happy I lost weight I stopped dyeing my hair I changed my clothes I tried so much and I still just knew that he wasn't happy Mm. So we finished Cluedo and it was the closing night and I met this person, this man, um, and nothing happened, nothing physical. And we just started, we just became friends essentially and we were talking over Messenger. And I just remember feeling like, oh, I'm pretty and, and funny and interesting and what I have to say matters. And it was, I, I just hadn't felt like that in so long, but I was still so in love with Simon and he was away and when he got home I basically said to him you know um I see myself with you for the rest of my life 
we've been together nearly four years. I just want to know like where you're at. And we were in the car because I knew that if I was going to confront this subject, I needed to go somewhere where he couldn't immediately run away, escape. And he was like, I, I don't know. And I said, okay, well, um, there's no issue. We're not arguing. It's fine. But um, maybe have a think and let me know. And at that point, this friendship with this other man really sort of made, like blossomed for me in that I being treated nice by someone when you haven't been treated very nice by someone for a long time. Such it's a- very um it's very seductive it's such a such a a strange painful uh moment in your life when you realize when you realize oh i'm funny and interesting and such an odd person that i love and the person that i i am sharing my life with isn't making me feel like this it's some stranger who you know um so about a month and a bit after i had asked simon about how he felt about me in our future i just I couldn't pretend anymore. I was so unhappy. And I I loved him so much that I didn't want to make him unhappy anymore. And I just thought, if he's so miserable with me, like, I don't... I love him enough to be able to walk away from this. And it was so hard, like, walking away from my life and this home that I'd built with this person who, like, I just... I thought I was going to be with for the rest of my life. And Mm, it was so... It was so hard, but I made the choice and I left. And that's when all of the Tinder and Bumble mess all started. And that's why uh, we, we got into that a bit with the drummer. Yes. Oh, Doug the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> more bleeping, please, Just producer. More work, uh... Do you want to um, grab some? Do you want to grab the tissues off the table, yes. Tom? Sorry. Thank um, you. It was about a month and a half after we'd broken up, and I really missed him. And I don't know if I missed him that I wanted to get back with him or if I just wanted to be friends or... Because I really was interested in us staying friends and I'd house sit... I'd house sat for him when he'd gone away for work um, just after we'd broken up and I sort of felt like we were going to be friends. Um, And then about a month and a half after we broke up, I went over to the house to pick up some stuff or to see the cat or Mm. something because we had adopted another cat after our previous cat had died and I he basically sat me down and told me that he'd met somebody and that she was it and she was great and I don't know if I've made this up in my head but basically he said that she was so much better than me she went to the beach she bushwalked and all this stuff and I said well okay if you're feeling like this about somebody else then obviously like you've known for a while that you didn't want me Mm. and I was like how long how long have you known that you you didn't want me anymore and he said about two years Jesus fuck off that's a very uh, I'm I'm furious on your behalf Mm. and I'm getting uh, I'm getting to that anger but it's a very brave question to ask someone uh, I think Jess um that question how long have you known that you haven't felt this way absolutely. what a question to ask someone like absolutely that's bravery and all in way in to the hold highest somebody order. to accountability for that kind of thing and i'm so can i just say i'm so proud of you for being the one to have the courage to walk out that in was the, the first thing, place because and this is a recurring theme with the exes that he has he he just made life so poisonous it's that, that we constructive had... dismissal of relationships again it's where you make your position completely untenable so that he can come out looking like fucking roses because mm. oh you dumped him and it just yeah so he had known for half of our relationship that he was never going to marry me that we would never have a future and I just said okay so you waited for me to be the grown-up the girl that was apparently so naive and so young you waited for me to make that decision and you couldn't have been man enough to just tell me and he waited for me to just walk away and I just couldn't, and it's taken like oh, I, I I am very upset at the moment. I also only had two hours sleep last night, so <laughs> I'm probably a bit unhinged as well. That's you don't okay. need to explain your um, reaction at all. I'm having a reaction, and it wasn't even me. This is like, a tale of a man that uh, over uh, not consistently over a long time, uh, time but he he mistreated you and um, and did did wrong by you uh, and destroyed on multiple. the foundation on which you built your it life just, so it, that by the time you left him you and this has happened to me before you just don't know who the fuck you are and I it is it. so difficult and to build your life up with no fucking foundation left i um i had nothing i had no furniture i had clothes i had books i had 
I had nothing. I had to move home with my parents at 25 after having... Babe, I had to do that at 32. There's no shame in moving back in with your parents. It was just so mortifying because, like, you know, in respect to the people that I went to uni with who career-wise had done a lot better than me, I had something that I never thought that I would ever have in that I had a partner who I loved and thought loved me and we Mm. had this life and I thought, wow, this thing that I thought that I would never be capable of doing, I did it and I made a life for myself and then it was just all gone and it's taken so long to be able to look back at what had happened and, like, I have to say, like, I have gotten to the point where I I can forgive him because he's he's not a bad person. He was just a really bad boyfriend to me. Um... And I don't have any bad feelings towards the girl, the woman that he's with. She's lovely. That's probably, that's fair. I think, I th- I think uh, I, in the end. I think the, I'm so sorry. I'm no, the, you're right. Okay. It's fine. Um, I'll just, uh, what were you saying? Uh, it's very good of you to uh, forgive uh, forgive this man after all this year. Uh, after I don't. All this time. Just so you know. Um, it's very good of you to do that. Um, I might jump in with a lessons learned here. Um, yeah. Okay. So that was uh, just over two years ago now. Yes. Um, and sorry to cut you off, Tom. No, no, please. But um, I haven't been in a long-term relationship since because I've had terrible time of it, to be frank. The man I have feelings for now can't and won't be with me. So rock on. Love that for me. And we um, talk all about emotional unavailability on this podcast. Don't go for people who are emotionally unavailable. It will never work. They will only break your heart. Mm. Um, but I have worked really hard over the last ne- nearly a year in therapy, in l- learning about why I fall for the men that I fall as Liz properly pointed out on the Doug the Drama episode, they have brown hair, they have glasses because they look like my father and I love men that are absent <laughs> oh, because that's, that's, what I, that's what I perceive as love. Um, I feel like th- what I would say to people when they asked me about me and Simon, I would say, oh, I wore him down because I felt, I feel like with love, I have to earn it. And I, it's so bizarre and it's, once again, I apologize to anybody that I met when I was with this person because I was a toxic, sad, sick girl, and I considered any woman to be competition he because that you against literally every female that you knew. Like that's not. And um, I mean, I doubt that Simon will listen to this, but if he does, um, I'm sorry for my part in it because, as I said, every side, every story has many sides, and I wasn't an angel. Um, I was very young and unaware and naive um but but i think i forgive you i think also your behavior was probably enforced by him uh, as well and it's not you're not entirely to blame for for no no but i i take ownership of you know my bad behavior in it and i'm i've i really recommend if you do go through a breakup whether it's whether you think it's really significant or otherwise like please go and talk to somebody about it because it's it I was running away from my feelings for so long about this because I because I felt like I wasn't worthy of of love um I know that that's not I, I sort of I I know that's not the case but the, the the goblin in my head doesn't you can cognitively know that something's not the case and it still is a bugbear in your heart I feel mm, yep. yeah but yeah Jess that is my sad little story <laughs> We are big advocates of therapy on this podcast, so thank you for encouraging people to go out and chat to somebody, even before a breakup, like if you're sensing that something, because a lot of times I've had people who've been in this relationship and when they do go to therapy, their therapist just kind of, they won't, the therapist won't outwardly be like, you're in a bad relationship. No. They'll just be like, how did that make you feel? And do you feel like that's how you should be feeling? And Mm. when they turn it in on yourself, you get to realise a lot of things a lot faster than you would the biggest step forward actually for me was just someone just being like no that was really hard what you went through yeah and that it's okay that you feel upset and I was like oh so I because I think as I was explaining before off mic to Tom and to Liz like my anxiety manifests in that I think that everybody hates me and it also manifests into that that I'm complete like because I am very overdramatic 
but I think that I'm overdramatic about everything. But we love that about you and the right person will also love the fact and it's not overdramatic, it's just dramatic. That is oh, a fact it, like, I, I, and it's adorable. But I, I thought I had completely blown every, like all of this out of proportion when, and then when I started communicating to my therapist, shout out therapist David, fucking love you. <laughs> You're an absolute gem. Um, but also communicating to my friends about the things that I've been through, not only with Simon, but people following and before, like it's cooked. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how little you minimize these things in your head, but when you pop it all together and tell someone, it also helps you go, holy fuck. Yeah. And I still remember the day after I got after, like, well, not the day after, um, but after I got out of my relationship, which is very, uh, Jess and my relationship history mirrors itself in, in a number of different ways. We date the same men, except mine don't look the same as hers, but they act the same. Um, is that my therapist, I was talking about how I felt so uncomfortable dating and how, you know, I went on a date with someone and they touched my leg and I flinched and like, I was like, why do I do that? I really like him. And she's like, Liz, you, you're essentially going through the emotional version of battered wife syndrome. Mm. She's like, you might not have been actually physically hit, but you are coming out of an abusive relationship. So it is very understandable that you would be flinching at life and not coping and not being able to do this. And what you went through was really fucking hard. And just having someone acknowledge that Mm. just makes... It takes half of that burden off your shoulders because you're like, oh God, I'm not overreacting Mm. despite the fact that I've spent five years or fucking however being told that I am overreacting. Like I am having a proportionate response to a trauma in my life and that is okay. Mm. Tom, what have you learned? Uh, Two, uh, two quick ones for everyone at home. Uh, Jess in her story uh, telling said uh, towards the end, she, uh, I can't remember how she phrased it, but she said something like, I felt like I needed to earn love. Yeah. That's, no, that's wrong. Love is a is sort of a there, it, it should, it's a given. You earn respect and you earn trust um, and you earn a, a fatty dinner from uh, going for a run. But, yes. but love, is, love isn't sort of like that. It's a, it's not, it should not be transactional. Yes, it's love a, it's a given. Love should never be it's transactional. A, um, it's an overriding thing. Uh, so you shouldn't have to sort of earn it, work hard at it, and you get a little drip feed of love, a little pellet of love in your in your container. Um, second thing, uh, train of thought has gone. If someone wants to chime in while I uh, recall my thoughts, I've I got have a one. I've got a a couple. Um, number one, anybody out there who is dating somebody who is a virgin. Don't take their fucking virginity if you aren't sure about them. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. That made me so mad. Like, yeah. and if you, if you, it gave me a lot of complex about like that relationship as well. It gave me a lot of complexes about sex. Well, yeah, he because would you tell have me sex that with I was, someone, and then they go, and also oh, by would, the way, now I'm not sure about you. And also, he would tell me that I was bad at it, and would tell me that I was a bad kisser. So, upon leaving that relationship, trying to you know have a physical relationship with somebody. I feel like I have to warn people. Like this poor guy I was dating the other week, not happening anymore. He's not a bin. It's just whatever. (laughs) Um, I was like, I'm really sorry, but like I've been told that I'm a bad kisser. And he was like, Don't say that to people. And then I kissed him and he was like, what are you talking about? But I feel like I have to. But anyway, moving on. Nobody is inherently bad. We've discussed this on the podcast before. No one's inherently bad at sex or kissing. They're just programmed for someone who isn't you. So teach them. Tell them where to go. Tell them if something hurts. Tell them if something feels good. The other thing I've learned this episode is don't sit so close to my microphone in an angry making episode because I'm our producer had to send me a watch your your like angry nose flares are being <laughs> in the microphone because <laughs> every time Jess said something angry I was like <sighs> <laughs> so that's that noise if you've heard that, that hissing sorry there are about no, all the nose noises and the I was weeping there sorry are no, there are no cobras in we here we love weeping Liz. on this podcast we're all about it because it's showing your true emotions and that is important ladies and gentlemen I quickly remembered my another lesson learned uh in Jessica's tale, uh, uh, Simon was putting her down and uh, comparing her to other people and ba- generally bagging her while raising other people. That- We're not out here to do that, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. D- regardless of relationship, uh, romantic relationship, friends, family, uh, sex toys, we're out here to 
uh, raise everyone up. You I'm hold not up. raising up all the sex toys equally. Some are definitely better than others. <laughs> but with humans we're and animals, each other, we're raising each other up. You have a you have a, a partner. You you celebrate them and you you hoist them up in front of the world. You don't yeah. drag them down. You don't put them down. That's not what we're here to do. If you find yourself doing this in the future, hopefully you catch yourself and remedy that behavior. And it's also, not good enough. I think take a look at if you're in a relationship that's making you feel like something's not right with you take a look back at the circumstances that have preceded that and if your partner subtly puts you down or is the person who's making you feel unsure then you know have a think about it ask your friends your friends are always people who see these kinds of things happen my best friend absolutely hated him and this is the thing pushed me away from her as well like they do they isolate you so that you feel like it's the problem with your friend and then they you don't get to see them anymore so they don't face that independent criticism anymore but I've had the same thing happen where my ex completely would used to say things about my weight or you know tell me that I he didn't like me in a certain thing and I ended up changing my entire life to suit him and I think just knowing that the things that you like in your life are valid and the things that you um, say and do are valid don't ever feel like what you're saying doesn't matter because somebody makes you feel unimportant because even if you're fucking rambling like sometimes we do on this podcast (laughs) it's valid you're allowed to have your own opinions and talk about what you want and if and here's my biggest lesson and it's it's a big fuck off to everybody if you have doubts and you're in a relationship with someone who wants a future and you don't communicate those doubts to them, you are the asshole in this situation. You are depriving them of information that they could have used to make an informed decision about the future of the relationship themselves. You're depriving yourself. Like, that's what I said to Simon. I was like, not only have you wasted my time, but you've wasted yours. Mm. But these people don't think like that because they think of you, this is what happened with me, is that they think of you as the... if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if something else comes along, then at least I will then, have yeah. had. You're like the safety blanket for them mm. over which they can jump off to something. So they're not, they don't think they're wasting their time because they've still got one eye out looking for the thing that they're looking for whilst you're sitting there with, you know, yeah. both feet in. If you have any doubts and you know that your partner wants babies or marriage or not to have babies in marriage and you want that and you don't communicate that to them, you, my friend, are the asshole in this situation. Yes, fine. When you find the one, it should be a leap of faith. Don't use a stepping stone to get there, I think, is a lesson there. And look, the last thing I want to say, Jess, New York is just as amazing without a man, so you need to go back (laughs) once COVID is over and take that bitch back. Jess, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Thank you for coming on. And I knew that it was going to be a tough one. And I think you did beautifully. And I'm so proud of you and how far you've come. I'm so proud of watching you find yourself again has been utterly delightful. And I feel like... I'm, I'm incredibly proud to call you my friend. You're one of the most strong, powerful, independent women that I know. And I know it's been a hard slog to get there. So I'm really yeah, yeah. happy to know you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Jess. Thank you. all right thank you so much guys if you want to be a guest on our podcast follow us on all the socials write into us we love you don't be that asshole Gollum has an unhealthy obsession about some bit of jewellery. Doesn't even know what the precious is. Stupid therapist. Cookie Monster's a bit of a stress eater. Cookie, cookie, cookie! And homicidal robots really just want their best friend back. I know I did and said things that she regrets, but why is that my problem? What all these monsters really need is therapy. The podcast Therapy for Monsters finally puts monsters in a therapy chair with a real therapist. Me, Tim, your friendly neighbourhood therapist. If you'd like to learn a bit and laugh a bit, check out Therapy for Monsters on your favourite podcast app. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.